So we're joined tonight um, by um, special guest Martin Carew. Um, Martin, um, what are you drinking this afternoon in Canada? It's, it's 20 past three here on a Friday afternoon. I haven't quite found the beer yet. I have uh, lemon squash. <laughs> very, very British. Well done. I'm, I'm also joining the squash party, but I'm on pink squash, uh, whatever that is today. I think it's summer fruit. But... I'm, I'm going to shock you guys. Um, no, uh, Shiraz. Um, it's a bottle called um, Kulibara Reserve Shiraz. It is not Malbec for the first time in about, I guess, probably 15, 20 weeks. Is it I'm from not Aldi, drinking... though? <laughs> of course it's from Aldi. <laughs> Where else do you think I get your wine local wine dealership. <laughs> so I'm drinking a uh, square nail pale ale. So that's... There was no mention of a round hole. Uh, I was going to say, I, I don't want to ask my usual question about what this says about the performance of your week, because we know that Kerry judges your week on the beer she buys at Craig's. So no further questions on that one. And Becca Kingdom, you've been at the beach this morning. If you don't fall asleep today, well done. Thank you. I mean, it, it feels like a really, really long day right now. Like, I felt like I should have been asleep about four hours ago. So uh, I have tea, because why break a habit of a lifetime? And we do know that tired... Becca is the grumpy Becca, which is the best Becca of the podcast. So I, I'm excited for this already. Um, cool. Should we kick off by starting with special guest Martin then? Um, James, you said Martin is from WTRL. Um, Martin, do you want to kick us off, explain a bit about who WTRL are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so WTRL, oh, what are we? Not far away from three years of existence, I think, so far. Um, I think we're best known certainly nowadays uh, with the ZRL or you know the, all the Americans I talk to it's now the ZRL I've forgotten how to say Z and um, we also have our Thursday WTRL team time trial as well which is so what are we 119 I think next week as in number of weeks going um, so essentially we're an event organizer we have a, a race team couple hundred people strong as well and um, taking the world by storm my, my job here is one of the co-owners. Um, anything to do with the website is coded and designed by me, all the data, the results, uh, anything to do from that point of view. These days, I try and keep away a bit from the customer service side of it, the, the email stuff, but you know, that's, that's essentially me in a nutshell. This is many hours worth of work a week. And we, we've said for a while here, um, I think if you talk to any of us in this chat, that we're huge fans of WTRL, but particularly the team time trial events that you do. We get a lot of questions on Herd page about how do I get into racing? How do I do more racing on Zwift? And for us, we say it's a great sort of connect between I've just done some group rides on Zwift. And actually now I want to do something that's a bit competitive, but I've still got that feel of group ride. A lot of the Herd teams will be no drop and things like that. Although some Herd teams will be, we're going to go a bit faster than you're comfortable, so it'll stretch people. So, yeah, we just think it's a fantastic event. Uh, but how did that come about? Well, we, we was, before we pressed record, you were talking about sort of looking at ways to break the game, really. But how did you guys sit down and say, <laughs> right, we want to do a team time trial? Well, anyway, essentially, it was we were looking at, at ways to add some interest to the game. And I think anybody who, who has the opportunity to put races on is looking always looking to try and do something a bit different, a bit imaginative and bring something new. And um, yeah, the team time trial, it's, it's not a new concept. It's, it's been around in cycling for a long, long time. And uh, at the time, my, um, if you want to call him business partner, Steve, 
was uh, fishing around trying to find people that might be interested in trying to put together a team time trial. And uh, strangely, at the time, there wasn't a great deal of interest. So uh, he, he went, went, went at it alone, um, found, found myself along the way. Uh, we had a, a quite a lot of work to figure out how the game worked, how the time worked, how the data works, how we can make it fair, how we keep, out, keep people out of interfering with teams that shouldn't be there. Um, and all of those kind of things. So you know, a little bit of testing, I would, I want to say um, probably about, a, based on the number of weeks we've been doing this, probably about 124 weeks or so ago, so just over two years, um, we, we got something that worked, tested it, and away it went. And here we are, just finished week number 118. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy when you say it in weeks. Like It is, it is every week we had, we all did the... Um, was it New Year's Eve or mm -hmm. oh, the, 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 naf the nasty up, ones? Up the Alf. Um, so <laughs> New, New Year's Eve and Christmas <laughs> Eve. Um, I think um, Becky can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, Christmas Eve was um, Alp Zwift and New Year's Eve was Bologna, or was it the other way around? The other way around. I, way around. I, I, did, I did New Year's Eve and I remember going up the Alp. I remember actually having more fun in the herd racing down the Alp and the fact that, sorry, the heavier team uh, laughing that they were much quicker on the descent as they rocketed faster. <laughs> so. By far my favourite TT teams, those two. I, I, I loved them. Um, it was my first ever like sub 60 Alp. Um, and Becca, I think you, you, you're policing the back, um, looking after anyone who might be dropping off. Chris Greenland um, and it, it, it was great fun um, and Craig was it that Bologna where you had your crazy dropout and then decided to go absolutely that shit crazy to try and get back on again it was wasn't it it was it was that was uh it, that was a lot of fun so um, what, while we're on route said Martin what how what's your process with TTT so obviously you've got um We've got James here organised as many weekly events as well. And get, it'd be boring to ask him this question. So how, you've got a load of different routes. Uh, how long do you try and make the event? It always seems like it comes out about an hour. So does that limit the routes you can choose? And how do you pick and choose each week? And, and why did you decide to do mad routes at New Year's Eve that were, were really good fun? Ah, okay. So yeah, the, the routes, I mean, we, we vet the routes and we look at the routes from the perspective of what they would present as a challenge to a team. Obviously, flat routes, keeping a team together much easier. Um, as soon as there's anything like the volcano or um, any, any kind of climb involved, it can be a bit more of a challenge keeping the team together. You lose the draft. At the end of the day, you climb as you climb. And if, if you're not well practiced at climbing, it's harder. It's as simple as that. Um, I mean, in terms of how we pick the routes, I mean, essentially we have a list, um, I want to say it's 30, 35 routes long. And while we used to select that week to week, uh, obviously this far down the line and with everything scheduled out to the end of the year, uh, it, the um, database essentially picks at random. We, 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 I, I put a bit of script in, um, it organizes the routes. It tries to make sure that there's never New York, New York, New York, Watopia, Watopia, Watopia. It will always, at the moment, it sets so it's Watopia, then somewhere else, Watopia, then somewhere else. Um, and, it, and it will pull, pull them all together uh, and try and keep some balance to not making sure all the hilly routes are together and all the flat routes are together. So there's plenty of variety. 
And I want to talk about the other big thing you've been involved with, um, which was the Swift Racing League as well, ZRL, as we'll call it in this show, but I know we were talking about ZRL earlier. Um, how did that come about? Um, I think at one point that had 60,000 people actively racing in a week, which is just bonkers to think about. Um, so yeah, how did that come about? And, and tell us a bit more about that. So obviously with the rise of the WTRL TTT, if we can call it that, um, with numbers rocketing up, it was Swift caught on um, to the TTT and what they were putting teams in. Um, it got me talking to Steve Beckett, uh, the, the marketing VP there, and numerous other people, um, and hassling various others, trying to find extra events to deal with the numbers that were coming in so that we weren't having people waiting 45 minutes just in the pen to get over the start line. And um, there, there was talk of really putting some focus on racing by Zwift. Um, it actually came about from something that happened on Facebook. I don't know exactly what it was, but um, anyway, Steve picked up and said, right, we're going to do something. Um, WTRL, because the sheer volume of people we can cope with, um, the speed of which we can deal with results, the ability to process data, to have, have um, relatively accurate results there first time, uh, it, it kind of led to where we are today and um, Zwift approached us. We had numerous meetings, numerous discussions and uh, Zwift Racing League was born. So we, uh, what are we going to be going into the fourth season in a couple of months? Now I'm going to ask you a slightly controversial question at this point. So um, let's talk about the jungle TTT um, that happened a few, uh, a few months ago now as an example of this. So I think that was really cool. It was you trying a bit of a different route. Typically it tends to be kind of, we're, we're racing on road for want of a better word in the TTTs, but jungle you threw two things at us were interesting. One was it was a different bike choice. We're all on a mountain bike, but secondly, you put power ups in it. And I imagine like the herd is a wonderful corner of the internet. And if you, if you ever kind of want to feel better about the internet and how it works just come and sit on the herd uh, pages for a while and watch everyone be nice to each other but sadly other internet forums i hear are not as nice um and with any new thing that gets tried um i did see some of the comments coming in and flying in so um i guess firstly is how, how much do you try and chop and change the formula so i think you have got a winning formula in the ttt but when you try new things what's your process for thinking about how you try them and, and secondly like how do you feel when you just get everyone kind of throwing their toys out of the pram a bit and kind of, you, you must want to kind of go, well, look, look, we've got to try stuff. We've got to change this up. Yeah. I mean, uh, Zwift's a funny old world and you've got, you've got purists, pure cyclists on there who, who frown at power-ups. That's ridiculing my sport or, or whatever it happens to be. But the fact is, this is a game. You know, you, you're strapped on a bike, you're fixed in an upright can, position unless, unless you're drunk, sitting on it it's, it's not very easy to fall off it uh, although i have seen plenty of people do that on, <laughs> on various live streams but um yeah at the end of the day with particularly with the ttt when we're looking looking to try some new things um i mean we've got people within the team and we listen to the comments that come by social media via email uh, different ideas and we discuss and talk about them as to whether they would work the jungle happens to be one of my favorite courses um, yes, it's yes. Since all the the um, different values for the different surfaces came in to to give you additional friction and things, 
Um, it did take away from the jungle a little bit, but what we wanted to try was was essentially a team time trial of mountain bikes. And there's no other course out there that had to be the jungle. And then, of course, it was uh, how many people going to how many people are going to say, oh, that's ridiculous. Mountain bikes too slow. So throw some power ups in to speed them up. <laughs> <That's> actually, <laughs> actually, I think um, the free laps of the jungle TTT that we did, this is probably going back about a year ago, is actually one of my favorite ones. Um, was part of a brilliant team. We worked really well together, apart from the maybe three or four people that we dropped we on dropped the second everyone. lap. We dropped everyone. We started with eight and finished with like three and a half. But this, it was this, this amazingly is, this, fun. It, 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 it goes down as like one of my most fun TTTs ever. And, and I think um, regardless of the factors on a mountain bike, because the terrain is the same the whole way through, as long as you choose the right bike, it's fine. Um, but no, that, 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 that was so much fun. And I, I'm, I'm not a fan of a jungle at all, but I absolutely love that TTT. Well, we've actually looked at a few of the kind of mixed courses. So you've mm. got your predominantly tarmac, asphalt, whatever you want to call it, um, that maybe hit up the jungle for part lap. Um, one of my particular favourites is Dust in the Wind, just to see how teams get on with potentially all having to change bikes and things like that. What immediately sprung to mind was Road to Ruins as well. Yeah. That, that used to be my favourite course <laughs> until the rolling resistance changes came in. And I don't yeah. think I've done it since. Yeah. But well, that's the other thing. is It's it's all well, for the purists, it's all very well and good having um, asphalt tarmac-based TTTs, keeping the climbs and things down a little bit. Um, so more so the appeals there for everybody. But it is nice to throw some curveballs in from time to time um, and try and knock those that, hog the top of the coffee classes if you want to call it each week try and see if somebody else can find some strength and mix it all up a little bit i'm um, absolutely all for the curveballs <laughs> throw more please but i do have to say martin uh when you uh out and back again uh i got dropped from one of our all but no drop teams uh on out and back again and that was really a, a kick in the pants to uh to increase my training and uh i was uh yeah it was really good yeah out, out and back is well obviously we have a lot more courses to choose from but out and back was my all-time hated ttt route because no matter what team i joined i'm i'm six foot eight i'm i'm just over 100 kilos whatever whatever the couple hundred pounds uh that doesn't wash too well in any kind of team trying to get up a hill <laughs> So I get, this was amplified, I think, this kind of, so I, I picked an easier example. This was amplified with ZRL, wasn't it? That I think we saw a lot of people, maybe, I think maybe people took it a lot more seriously. I think, I don't know whether the kind of partnership with Zwift, and this would be an interesting question for you, is kind of whether you were viewed differently through that partnership with Zwift for that league. But it almost felt like, well, it's just WTRL who do the TTT and like, well, it's just a fun event. And then suddenly it became this like Tuesday night thing and people were like, well, this is very serious. I think that actually changed how people were riding it. But then people seem less sympathetic to, hey, this is like, this is actually the alpha test we're in of a racing league on Zwift. Things are going to change. They're going to do things and go, like as James has done as a race organiser with the Herd, gone, 
I've done this and I've got it wrong and I'm going to change it for the next series. And James, you've made mid-season rule changes as well and, and caught the same level of flag. But kind of, mm. how, how did you feel about... It did seem like there was a lot of vitriol and kind of what would you say to people who are kind of really enjoyed the ZRL but uh, kind of maybe had some concerns about how you're changing things? Yeah, I mean, we try and keep the changes to a minimum. Um, but, you know, sometimes, for instance, one of the changes we had to make with season three... We, we had a, a handful of divisions uh, after the um, uproar of people wanting to make sure that there were not two teams from the same club in the same division because they might work together. You know, experience, my personal experience is that you don't. If you've got two herd teams, you, you're just as, as rivalry between the two of you. You don't generally help each other and work out. So we were, we were pushed in some ways, mainly through um, comments, but pushed in some ways to try and split those teams up so they weren't too many from the same club in the same division. And that created uproar because you've got teams, oh, well, we've, we've just been demoted to divisions and things. Well, you, you're going to need to shunt your teams around then to put yourselves back where you're supposed to be. Um, but yeah, we, we, get, we get a lot of flack for making changes. Some of them are necessary. You know, we, it, it doesn't, don't think it provides much value to racing if there are three teams in a division. Um, and there's essentially 18 riders week in, week out, where you've got other divisions with 100, and we can move them into another division where they can be part of that uh, bigger number as well. Um, but to, yeah, we say the changes we try and keep to a minimum, but some of them do become necessary. And uh, yeah, we we do take do take a lot of flack more on Facebook, but I, unfortunately, that is Facebook's world. Uh, social media it's it's the, it's a place where you can say what you like with no consequences i think for the most part <laughs> yeah we, we spoke a bit about that last week um and the, and the world of uh, certain people in the herd being chased about the uh, the uh, veracity of their results i um yeah. let's move on to a more positive angle there so i'm a huge fan of uh ZRL, huge fan of the ttt one of the things I love about the TTT, and I think we'd all agree here, is actually you you tend to ride with a very even split of riders. So that very rarely am I completely outgunning someone in my group. Very rarely are they completely outgunning me. You can choose to be no drop, which makes it a bit easier. And I think that was the the almost like bit of magic that was missing for me in ZRL is you'd still end up with um, in a kind of B category race you still end up with some very strong B's in that race and and me as at the time as a very weak B is just watching people sail off into the distance and and kind mm. of racing for 60th and, and I think what you did in extending the points lower down was fantastic and I think that encouraged racing much lower down which was was a really good move but is there anything you've kind of got in the works or anything you're planning or anything you know of that Zwift are planning even that kind of maybe brings that racing closer together again. So is it is it just that you hope that the, the leagues might churn or is there something else we could look forward to? Well, yeah, it's no secret. We're working with Zwift on a, on a AutoCAT system, as it's nicknamed at the moment. It doesn't really have a proper name. It's just it's called AutoCAT with a bunch of C1, C6, that they, again, that's still unnamed. Um, and what essentially what we're looking at are fairer ways to break up groups of riders so you know at the moment we have generally a b c d i think most people understand how the watts per kilogram fgp model works um, and a lot of people would disagree that it should apply to swift racing just because of the ways with racing is 
Um, and yeah, we've all seen plenty of, if you want to call it B riders, riding at 3.8, 3.9 in A races and winning. Um, so it says, what it says to me is, what's per kilo is a little bit like measuring the torque of a car. It's, it's how it's how, how how much power you can put down to the road based on your weight and things like that um, and there has to be a better way to measure it um, and essentially predict what somebody should be able to do and see how that compares to various other metrics and then we can come up with a tighter gap if you want to call it that between the categories so if you obviously call it c1 to six we can have different metrics that divide those divisions up and those divisions can be subdivided as well. There's obviously the ZRL, particularly in Europe. Um, I think there's something like six in each of the areas. There's six C divisions, eight or nine B divisions, three or four A divisions. Uh, and what, what would be cool is, you know, I, when I first started on Swift years ago, being a big heavy guy, um, yeah, I might have 1600 watts at my disposal for sprinting, but you know, in an endurance race, you probably walk past me. Um, I started off in the D category, wasn't there too long, got into the C category, but it took forever to go anywhere. Um, now, if you compare that to other games, you go up through the level systems and it's quite a lot quicker. Uh, and yeah, it's, some people quite like the fact that, yeah, I'm a C rider forever um, and others want to, want to see themselves progress. And, and I think if, if there is a means and a way to subdivide people up into power based or disc speed based or endurance based or even course type based categories then there is the ability then to subdivide those so you may for instance just take the current model you could have b1 b2 b3 b4 and you could work your way up through the b divisions so to speak as an individual rider and different races would then be able to say, well, we're not just B, we're only doing B1, so go away, everyone else in B2, B3, or, or wherever else. So there's, there's lots of ideas, lots of things being played with, uh, and we have 50-odd variables we can play with to figure as we're figuring things out. The, the most challenging is the climbing, and last week with the classics was, was very interesting um, because you, you put any, any group of riders together um, they get smashed apart on the hill, and it be, yeah, it becomes very, very difficult to keep tabs. So as I as I alluded, if I walked into a cycling club, it'd be very easy for me to say, right, you need to be that, you need to be that, you need to be that. Zwift is like walking into a bar with a blindfold on, and you've got professional athletes right the way down to somebody who's just you know a couple of times a week having a bit of fun, and, and the whole spectrum of people in between, and there's a vast ability. So if you then shove, if you then divide them into four and shove them all in together, you know, you get, you're going to have some people sitting at the lower end of that power scale who are never going to get anywhere near the top end because <laughs> that's not what they're on Zwift for. And then you'll get others who will work for it, train um, and practice those things. But, yeah. Right, so only... I'm sorry, Carrie. <coughs> no, no, you're good, you're good. I was going to say, it's fascinating to hear you talk about kind of it as a game. And I think that's where we've had discussions before and it's something I think even Zwift needs to do more is to be like, actually, we are a game. We're at the game end of the spectrum. Yes, we are. Uh, and as what I do in my professional life, I think the gamification of exercise is a fascinating thing and, and it's really worthwhile. Um, and it's interesting to hear about this idea of leveling as well. 
Um, one one example that strikes me, I don't know how well you know wheelchair basketball. So uh, wheelchair basketball is a really good example of a category-based system. So basically based on what level of um, uh, spinal damage you've got, you get a point system and your team is allowed to be a certain total of points. So an able-bodied person could play in a wheelchair basketball team, but they're worth five points because uh, they've got sort of full range of movement up at torso. But then the really valuable people become the people who are really low points, but incredibly skillful. So um, you could mm-hmm. have somebody who is a big, heavy D rider, but like I say, is great in the sprint. So you can probably win the sprints if you can get them near the end. And actually they're, because you, you could imagine a system where they become really valuable because they're really cheap to have in your team, but they're going to score you points if you can help them get to the end um, of the race. So It'd be quite quite yeah. exciting. You can see some quite exciting systems and, and how you can kind of value different riders differently. But interesting you mentioned that. Um, when we were playing around with the team time trial, um, you know, way back in you know, week 10, something like that, um, James, you might recall seeing images and obviously when the website went live, there was a literally a line that said score underneath the... T- I think it said score. It might have just said points. Essentially depending on the category of your rider that rider costs that many points and if you if your points added up between these boundaries that was your team so if you what we were looking at doing is if if you were a team of season d's couldn't get quite enough and you know an a rider walked along and said yeah I'll, i'll join you they they would um hit their score but not push them up a category uh, but we then realised that from a, from from that for that poor A ride, they're, they're either going to be doing all the pulling on the front, um, and probably not get much of a workout. Uh, so you know, we we moved across to where we are with the coffee classes now. But yeah, we we had something very similar in very early days of the TTT. I think it's actually a really interesting team concept, though, because um, I mean, obviously you could have say one A and three Ds probably a bit of a boring ride for the A rider, but or, or you could go um, double B, double C, um, and working out what the quickest way around the course based on which categories you're using adds an awfully interesting tactical layer to it as well. Mm. Um, I, I absolutely get why you've gone down the route that you have gone down, but I think having a points-based category system would be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and and um, we we I, I forget how many models I've, I've been through, looked at, tested in the background, trying to work out um, whether it would work. What what we do know is the key to this is simplicity. And um, if we just take the existing kind of recognised Zwift stroke Zwift power category system, um, the number of people who send, and James, you probably get the same, but we get emails and, and messages from people. This rider's done 2.6 watts per kilo. They should not be in the D categories. You do realise you need to turn that to an FTP. It's not just an average, and it needs to be the 20-minute number. Um, so that even getting into Swift racing and understanding how this works is quite complicated. And the key thing is if you, again, going back to the gaming industry, say for instance, I want to pick up a controller and play, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto or Gran Turismo. I pick up the controller, off I go. And I, and I, I don't have to worry about whether my trainer's accurate, whether my heart rate monitor's working, um, whether, whether I'm in the right pen for where I'm supposed to be, because the game just does it for me. And the game keeps tabs of where I am and, and it keeps it simplis- simplistic. 
Um, Gran Turismo, I know I've got my B license, so I know I can like I can work to this level, and that's the maximum power car I can get at this particular time. Things that, like that. That, that's because Gran Turismo doesn't let you go into your uh, A license races without having um, an A license, mm. um, unlike a different piece of cycling software that does. <laughs> yeah, no, we there, there are things going on in the background. Um, as I said to many people, I, I read a lot on the forums. I get a lot of flack on the forums as well. And, and I, they, those people get some pretty blunt replies. Um, but they, I mean, I see the flack that Swift get. But what people got to understand is Swift have a customer base. Um, you can call it three, three and a half million, something like that. You can tell from Swift Power, and we can tell from everything that we do, that roughly 8% of the Swift community is racing. So that drops the numbers right down. You know, you're talking sort of 250, 300,000 that, that actively get involved in some racing throughout the year. Um, then for six months of the year, 60% of them are gone, vanished. <laughs> so effectively, 60% of Swift's customers are not on the platform during, during the, particularly the Northern Hemisphere summer. So when you've got to sit down and say, right, okay, we've got, 85% of our customers doing group rides. We've got however many percent of our customers doing this. Where are we going to, where are we going to channel our efforts? Well, we, racing is now a very, very small part of that pie. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, and I've said it on this podcast before, uh, what I always say to that is before I started racing and actually before I started racing in the herd, because I did try racing on a couple other things, but it just, I couldn't figure it out, didn't know what was going on. Um, I joined Zwift for January, February, March, and that was it. And I, I stopped, my, stopped every year, and I did that for two years or three years. Or I think I did it for two years, and I intended to do it for the third until I hopped into the, the Herd Racing League. Um, so it re that's multiplied the revenue Zwift gets from me personally by, by four and then multiplied it by eight because my wife is now doing it and probably wouldn't have if I hadn't gotten in whole hog. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, I, and that's entirely to racing because nothing else is nearly as engaging. Yeah, yeah, no, and I would agree with that. I mean, uh, I'm a competitive guy. I, I come from, a, from, from various different levels, but quite high levels of particularly rugby in the past and you know, I came along to Swift and tried the riding around the world randomly have a go at some sprint points here but, but it doesn't mean anything to me I needed a competition hence got into racing um, at, the, at the end of the day that's part of my my DNA so to speak is competition and you, you wouldn't spend the time you do organising the competitive events you do if you weren't that way, I guess, as well, Martin. So, uh... Yeah, very true. <clears throat> very true. And yeah, and um, having a competitive mind about and trying to put competitive events together, not only for people like me, but also trying to cater for those um, who are not competitive, more the, if you want to call it more the social end of the, because we have plenty of teams that come through the TTT. They're no drop like some of the herd teams. Um, but you know, I, and there were times when this was very manual. I didn't appreciate three o'clock in the morning. I'm still sitting there waiting for whatever team it was 
it's usually a group of girls who are having a social TTT ride. It's like, ladies, please hurry up. I'd like to go back to bed. <laughs> I know, but uh, so. genuinely, and I would, on behalf of those ladies, but on behalf of some of our, our teams of the herd as well, I would thank you for that effort because I know there are people who genuinely will do a time trial in a long time and they will have the same eight, nine, ten people every week. And that might be one of their two interactions with Zwift that they do um so in in my box of really good things that exist in the world like i definitely put that in there like it's a great thing they do that and so on their behalf thank you for doing that um I've, I've kind of quizzed you slightly unfairly and um, let's talk about some cool stuff though james you you kind of soft launched this uh, on the facebook page but we've got a bit of a um bit of a partnership with martin and some help from wtrl haven't we um, we, we do. Um, Martin and I have spoken numerous times in the past over probably the last couple of years. Um, but he, he's obviously put together this fantastic suite of uh, race results. And with with our time trials on Monday, um, one, one of the failings of Swift Power is that, yes, I have a single race series with five different events um, with no draft. I've always wanted to be able to sort them by the fastest times. Um, and I just asked Martin if um, he could do that for me. And just went, yeah, that's really easy. Um, so M Martin um, went off and um, put together, put, put us together a, a really smart um, league page for our Stampede race on Mondays. Um, and I do have the web address. It is WTRL Racing, sorry, WTRL Race, WTRL.Racing forward slash herd hyphen stampede. And that is not one of the worst things I've had to say today. Um, we'll put that in the show notes for those of you that. Um, thank you. Days like <laughs> um, of the week listed in sensible order, James. So, so basically, um, all of our stampede races are on the WTRL um, website. Um, they are sorted by time across all five events each week, um, and those times determine the um, scores in the league series as well. So, um, Martin, I've said it to you a number of times already, but I'm really, really, really grateful. Thank you ever so much. No, you're welcome. It was, um, it was some new things to learn in putting that together as well but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people don't don't realize this my my background is working in medicine and training doctors and nurses and people like that i'm all the stuff i do with computers is self-taught and predominantly in since joining wtrl <laughs> done a great job thank you um I've not got any further questions for you. You're more than welcome to join us for the rest of the show and uh, listen to three slightly drunk people waffle about Swift. But if you want to go now, um, we'll also um, say thanks and massive appreciation for your time and joining us tonight. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'm, I'll chill out here in the background and listen in. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I've, I've actually got one more cheeky question, if that's okay. So we've got um, TTT, ZRL, Classics, Duathlon, Running League what's next oh uh there's a couple of things floating around um in the background at the moment um there are some... rowing rowing floats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there Sorry, are there are some, some interesting into interesting concepts on the table for zrl for zrl as well um but you know, I, unfortunately i can't say too much about those just at this point in time 
but the, put it this the autumn or the fall or the winter season whatever you want to call it is looking to be pretty promising from uh, certainly from the Zwift WTRL partnership are they going to copy all my routes again <laughs> no <laughs> that's too bad because James picks great routes um, <laughs> Martin just to kind of sign off on th th this segment with you uh, definitely I I've been kind of a big proponent of ZRL uh, within the herd and uh, thank you for the work on it uh, it's it's been really fun um, we've dug a lot of racers a lot of people who were not racers and are now racing and are really into racing. And uh, most especially actually between the, I think it was the empowerment series, was it right before uh, the first ZRL? Yeah. Uh, between that and then leading into ZRL, um, the herd only had a handful of active women racing right before that. And we, when it first came out that there weren't any mixed in the first season, we didn't think that Becca was going to have anybody to race with. And uh, then all of a sudden the herd is one of the biggest women's racing teams. And it's, it's just, uh, it's re it really surprised me and uh, it, it's gone really well. So uh, anyway, but in that, in all the fun we've had, because we we've had a lot of fun with ZRL. Uh, thanks a lot. No, you're welcome. That's good. Good to hear. Good to hear the women's development as well. Particularly, um, obviously, the TTT has its own women's element to it as well, and that that has been a big springboard into introducing a lot of people into the more the social side, I guess, of racing. Um, but also at the opposite end of the spectrum, the competitive end, and then ZRL ZRL uh, has introduced a lot of those um, a lot of those people into. Do you want to call it full blown racing? Um, but it's st still very interesting. Only about a third of what we would consider our TTs are involved in ZRL. Mm -hmm. so we've got well, two think, very different audiences. I think you can draw a very direct line from that through to our newest series, the Herd Shiris, um, which we were getting hundreds of signups like days in advance for that mm -hmm. series. So it's just been incredibly popular, hasn't it, James? Until the Swift Classic started. <laughs> apologies for that <laughs> I, I i can't compete with you guys as soon as we, you guys stick on an event all of my riders just run away <laughs> we just we just do we just do as we're told Zwift, Zwift say you need to run this for us on this date we put it together and away we go <laughs> so james um craig has been very complimentary but what ridiculously stupid route have you picked us this week on the herd summer racing league So uh, this weekend in the Herd Summer Racing League, we head to Crit City for 16 laps of the downtown Dalton route with 16 time segments up the cobbled prime hill. This is not a race for faint-hearted. Will you aim to stay with the front group and kick for the sprints or will you look to take it easy between sprints and save yourself for big efforts? Craig could be talking about this for a very, very long time. I, I, I love I love downtown dolphin. I hate the reverse route. Uh, I can never remember what it's called. I hate the reverse version of this with a bell lap. Love um, you, you and I, you and I did um, you and I did um, bell lap together in the bees. And after getting dropped by Orjan Bowser and Co, um, 
I think Bowser was um, trying out a B race because he was really, really close to getting promoted. And then you and I, after about a couple of laps, dropped off and then just um, joined the Cs. And it, it, um, doing it on the reverse route, the, the rollers are a lot more uphill than downtown Dolphin. It's just a killer. I, I, it's interesting. I, I don't think there are tactics on this. I think you've got to stay in a bunch because uh, this one, we score on the primes. You've got to be fast up the primes. You're not doing a very quick time up that prime on your own. I think you've got to, like, you've got to just try really hard to be in a group of people. Um, I don't agree, agree entirely. But that that group does not have to be your your category. That is true. So this is the uh, we could see all the categories. There's a five minute start delay. So there's there's just going to be experience of this one. There's just going to be riders everywhere. It's going to be utter chaos. Um, you're going to have no idea who you're racing. I remember doing a similar one where. Um, Lee Hodgson and I were racing each other and I, I think I saw him about twice in between various different groups um, and we weren't really sure who was what and what was up. Um, so yeah, it's utter utter chaos and I, I think this is bloody brilliant. Um, and actually, I think this is a good thing about longer rides. I, I would encourage you, James, to do more longer rides on really short courses because it's basically impossible to be riding on your own, um, which is one of the, the bad features about really long routes, isn't it? If you get dropped, you just kind of sit on your own for another hour and a half on the bike, which is just a bit dull. Um, Craig, you, you've got the raised eyebrows of fresh tactics. Uh, what are you suggesting on this one? Actually, I don't have fresh tactics. Um, this one sucks. I am, I, for all that I like sprinting, I am not good at this. I don't know why. Um, I, I think it might be that I go too hard in the first few laps, but uh, no, I, I always get pounded and dropped on this course. Um, but there are a lot of options. And so going back to the first time we did this in uh, HSRL, and I don't even remember what series it was, James. Um, but uh, I remember, I think it was two because I think Ben was involved. I think I so. In category. Um, so uh, I remember Ben uh, hooking on with the bees uh, during the, uh, the live broadcast and uh, nobody quite being sure whether he was, what he was doing um, because he just hung on and, you know, he's a, a big guy with big watts and was able to do it and just the draft of the faster riders was enough that he uh he did really well so it's there, there's a, there are different ways to attack this because we also saw i think in the same series somebody else i think basically go at 1.5 in c in between the uh this primes and hammer that climb every time and they did very well as well so there's a lot of ways to approach this because there are so many. Um, less so because, uh, James, you've scaled the, uh, the points per place on the finish uh, based on the number of points now, but because I don't think you had on, uh, on Series 2. I think it was half and half. Um, I, um, I think on Series 2, so Series 1 was one-third finish, two-thirds primes, on series two, there'd been a bit of whining from people who wanted to go for GC, so I went half and half. Um, and then I think from then onwards, I dropped back to one third finish points. Um, I, 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 I think we, we we have to turn to our resident sprinter, um, Becca Kingdom. How are you approaching this race? Stay with the group, sprint like hell, wait for the group. I love this course. I love the sprints. I love 
any of them where you have to repeatedly hammer your legs continually because my legs recover a lot faster than a lot of people so it works for me um yeah I've been looking forward to this one and um yeah, I think quite a lot of the other herd people are because uh, usually from the marmots I have to drag them kicking and screaming into uh, HSRL at the weekends, but everyone was quite happy to volunteer this week. So. Yeah. I think this is a really, really fun race. So there's kind of two waypoints we have to look out for on this course, aren't there? The first one is where does the cobble climb start? Um, and you kind of, it, it is basically where the cobbles are. You turn right, that's your kind of marker for where the section begins and you just hammer it up to the top, turn right again, you see the banner and then there's a bit of a downhill. You need you need to be going before the right hand turn. And on the other section, you've got the hairpin bend, and that's where your sprint is, isn't it? So um, as you come out at the end of the lap, um, Craig, you're shaking your head. Is the sprint not the start finish line on downtown Dover? Um, no, um, the the sprint is the right hand turn up Cobbled Hill, um, and then the only time that you need to worry about that hairpin at the end is lap sixteen. Oh, we're not. So that's not a time segment. How, how no. does, I'm, I'm, I'm far too lodged in bullseye mode where I'm just used to sprinting out that one. So oh, that makes the course so much easier then. So it's <laughs> Yep. So th th there is only one sprint every two kilometres, not two sprints every two kilometres, oh. because otherwise that would be... Well, that's a brilliant idea, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, in, into other things, James, what power-ups have we got? Is it the standard power-ups this week? Um, if you were sneaky, you'd have put the steamroller in because I think that would have been an interesting one to explore on this segment. Um, but is it the standard three that you normally put in? It is always the standard three. Um, yes, I, I could have approached Lyft about changing them, but <laughs> that, that, there's always an element of error when you're looking at seven races that ask them to make the same change on each one. Um, whereas all I have to do is just make sure the route's right. Um, so I, I, I generally don't ask Swift to make changes unless I absolutely have to. Uh, so we're basically uh, order order of power-ups. What do we think? Feather, aero, and then um, truck as the probably three in, in order, the ones you want to use. Aero is probably the best one to have. Um, the, I, I, if I remember rightly with this one, the segment, certainly in C's, is slightly longer than the power-up time. So truck can be advantageous because you can press it before you're having to worry about just sprinting really hard. It's, it's a 200-minute sprint. You should be able to do it in under 15 seconds. Um, I, I, I think my, my biggest question is, do you take the Venge or do you take the Tron? Is the gradient going to outweigh the advantage you would get from Revenge to side more with the Tron? I'm going to say yes. In my opinion. I'm going to or, say I'm going for Venge. Yeah, so um, I had a chat with um, Lisa Jones about this earlier, actually. Um, and I... I um, I, I have no scientific knowledge over this whatsoever, but I think the two bikes are going to be exactly the same pace because of the hill, um, because the Tron is slightly better on rolling terrain. And I, I, th I, I think at the end of the day, I, I really don't know, and I would have taken the Venge over the Tron, but who knows? Eric Slange, I suspect. He'll know. Or he'll claim he knows anyway. <laughs>
So, I so think that, uh, no, I'm just going to I'm going to diss James massively here. James, you're a B, and you're a bit snobby about snow slow riders now. So the fastest C's in the race earlier were doing this segment in just over 15 seconds. So it is a your power up is going to finish before the finish line if you're hitting it before you start the segment for the most C's and D's. Uh, and probably some Bs as well, because I was probably still not doing it in under 15 seconds when I was in the Bs. Um, so there is some advantage with the van in that you can just hit it before the segment starts and then not worry about things. Um, you just be conscious where your power-up finishes on this one. So um, we're going with the Tron, right? Pink Tron. I was just ignoring you. There was some chat about other bikes. We all know that the best bike is the Pink Tron. Um, it is the fastest of all Trons. And Martin will explain that to you with science later on after the call if you want. Um, so um, what else is coming up this week in the world of the herd racing league, James, but most importantly, as ever, in which order are you going to list the days of the week? Mate, to be fair, like it's been a good five weeks since I did it in non-date order. And I've been disappointed every time. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Um, so we have 16 laps of downtown Dolphin for HSRL over this weekend. Um, and then we have Herd of Mountain Goats, which is Sunday and Monday, which is a single lap of Innsbruck UCI. Um, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we have um, race number five in the Stampede, which is a three laps of Flatland Loop in the Mercury Islands, um, followed by our Ladies Category Racing Series on Tuesday, which is a single lap of Richmond roller coaster. Moving on to Wednesday and Thursday, where we have our um, multi lap points race, the Bullseye, which will be five laps of the Fun Flats in Richmond, the end. In date order. Excellent news. Any of those you're particularly looking forward to this week? I, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the Stampede. Um, I love and hate individual time trials. Um, I'm quite good at holding a steady pace over a period of time, um, but being lighter, um, Brent Robinson kicks my ass every single week. Um, and, and it's great because th there's so much camaraderie. Like Monday evening um, ITTs, um, it's the same people every single week. We all get together. We all have a good time. We all moan about how we've nearly vomited or actually vomited. Um, and it's really, really good and loads of fun. Cool. And so we'll go on to uh, what I'm inventing as this new segment of things I've seen people moan about on Facebook, which I feel we need to correct them on. Um, so uh, I did mention two things in the group earlier and I've forgotten one of them. So I'm going to start with the one I can remember, uh, which is always the best place to start. Um, this was racing out of category and we've talked a bit with Martin about auto cats, but we get a lot of people going, I've just been promoted from a C to a D. I see there's a longer ride. Should I go back to the D's? Cause I just won't be able to do C power for that long. And the short answer is that basically the categories are based on your ability to do a certain power over a certain time. It's not a certain power over infinite time. So everybody is racing to the same kind of categorization. So if you've made it up to a C, there will be other Cs who will be able to do the similar sort of 20 minute power as you will, but they will tail off after that the same way that you will as well. So I would encourage you if you're categorized in a certain way, race in that category because everyone else will. I think the other reason for not doing that is if you're overcatting, for, for want of a better word, it means you can damage the race for other people. So you can probably do D pace longer 
than most of the Ds now can if you've been freshly promoted to a C. Um, anyone have any other tips for people on that basis? And anyone wants to disagree? Anyone remember what the other thing was I suggested in Facebook earlier? Um, I don't remember what you suggested on Facebook, but it's worth bringing up the difficulties that a lot of people had in zone 12 on thursday's ttt where one of the um content delivery systems had a massive outage and an awful lot of people were blaming either wtrl or zwift for not being able to get into the pen um th th there was a very very big internet thing that broke basically yeah so um as far as the racing at a category, um, so I think back to me as a D, which was a, a little over a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, um, and I was totally unable to keep up in the Ds, and then all of a sudden there were two races that I was second and first on Zwift Power, and all of a sudden I'm a C, and those were sub 30 minute races. And uh, so right around that time is when I found the herd as well. And I, I started in on HSRL, which is actually terrific because the fastest time segments gave me something to do, even though I was immediately kicked out of the pack as soon as we hit an incline. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was last several times in, in that, around that time. I, I was last in a lot of sea races and you're, when you just come up from D, you're going to be last or near last in a lot of C races. That's just the way it is. And I fully expect to have that uh, in real life uh, because I just switched categories as well. And that, that, that's the way it is. You're, you've been at top of category. It, it's going to be a big change. Um, now, I, I have to you know, come into the confessional. Um, when I was at the top of C, I definitely avoided shorter races for a while in order to finish a race series. Um, I, I, I wasn't deliberately doing less power, but I definitely avoided races which would cause me to go all out for 30, 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, it's frankly a travesty that I got into bees before you did, Craig, but that's uh, <laughs> that's say that one. So, um, I've looked up the thing. I've gone through our thread um, from earlier. Uh, I don't think we're going to say much about it, but it is um, the draft mechanic in Zwift. Um, but first, I had a question. The big internet thing, did they try turning it on and off again, James? Is that, is that how it was fixed? I suspect that's probably how they fixed it. Excellent. Um, seen some people have been complaining like Zwift have changed the draft mechanic. It's, it's not... It, I, we can't understand, A, what's broken about it that people are complaining about, and we can't understand... A, B, if anything's changed. So um, I've seen people complain about the draft mechanic. Ye yes, it has been tweaked. They have done an update. I don't think it's massively got worse um, from what I've seen of watching videos, but I haven't raced since the update. I, I, I don't think the update's made an enormous amount of difference. Um, I think when Zwift originally made the tweak to draft mechanics, it made it a lot harder for TTT teams to paceline essentially um and there's a lot of weaving left and right um 
I haven't had that much experience since the latest update. Um, but I, I did notice an element of weaving, but probably not to the same extent as there was beforehand. As to whether or not it's better or worse, not sure yet. Yeah, so I definitely say, and I only did one TTT yesterday as opposed to Becca who did two. But uh, I, I would say it was a little different, but not, I was still able to go to where I wanted to within our six rider pack because obviously the Quakas had to chuck one kid. Yeah, I find it a little better to be honest. Um, I didn't seem to spend so much time in the middle of the road compared to normal. And we did get a pace line for quite a lot of our, our first TTT. So yeah, in my opinion, it's only been tweaked slightly, but it is being tweaked in the right direction. And this is where I get Martin's points earlier about kind of understanding that Zwift, Zwift is a game is really important and i've said this before it in real life you are getting so much more feedback about how the draft is performing than you are in the game you've basically got the very crude watts per kilogram that you can see other riders doing you can't feel the wind you don't know where your position is it's not like zwift's giving you a lane and you can see that you're in lane four and the rider in front of you is in lane four so you should be a hundred percent drafting them if you're within a certain distance so I think we should expect that there is going to be, with any tweak to the game, there is going to be some relearning of how we play the game. So um, I would say to people that there, it, it, it is likely to change and you might need to change your behaviours and don't be surprised by that. Really. But Martin, I don't know if you know any more. You obviously have a lot of it, a lot of people with the TTT. Any, uh, anything you've heard about the draft mechanic? Do you think it's massively changed or is it just people? Uh, the, the latest draft mechanic is meant to prevent um, essentially your rider swerving across the road and all of a sudden outside of the draft um, for anybody who's done, I think, is it Fuego Flats? Uh, as you approach the start of the final sprint, that five, that quite long sprint section, your rider always swerves off to the other side of the road. Um, it's things like that they've corrected. It's not a huge difference to the pack dynamics um, as it stands at the moment. Fantastic. So let, let's finish as we always do. Let's let's tweak this slightly in honour of Martin because I don't want to put him in awkward. Normally we'd finish with things that have annoyed us about the world of Zwift this week. So uh, maybe it would be fun to <laughs> make Martin answer that one. But uh, at the top. Um, let's just have a, a anything that we're particularly happy about on Zwift this week or that has particularly annoyed us. So I, I guess uh, in the uh, silence there, I'll go first. Uh, I absolutely loved the uh, Mercury Islands uh, time, time, team time trial. Um, that course was way more challenging than I expected. And uh, we had a really good time. Um, so that was- we, uh, So we were, we were um, quite looking forward to being able to use some of the stuff on the new Mercury Islands. Um, but yeah, we play it safe because you know, at the end of the day, if, if we, we have two and a half thousand people as it is at the moment summer two two and a half thousand people come through the team time trial and something doesn't work i don't want to be dealing with all those emails <laughs> <laughs> i think so, that's, no, that's good <laughs> now I'll, I'll add something as well um because i know there's some head teams on the list uh we have finally got news of what the zrl prizes were for the division winners um it's uh, a very shiny white helmet from charlie um with zrl logos and decals on 
Uh, congratulations again from WTRL and from Swift to all those who won the divisions. And I believe 1st of August, you should find those in your garage or garage, depending on where you come from. <laughs> That's excellent. So these people all stand out, not only because they're wearing the fantastic herd kit uh, designed by Corey Chestnut, but also because they got a shiny new helmet, uh, which would be great news. Um, uh, and if only we could have multicolored helmets so we could tell each other apart in, uh, in, in things we wanted to wish for. I, I'll, I'll go next while, uh, while James and Becca think a bit more. I'm going to complain about the UK weather. It, it's continued to be hotter than the sun. Um, I fitted a chain to my bike today and sweated more than I have uh, and, uh, and more than any man should, I'll be honest. So I've been unable to Zwift due to extreme heat. Uh, no fans are enough. It's just stupidly hot. I've actually really enjoyed the, uh, the UK weather, um, apart from when trying to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> um, on, on, on Tuesday, I took myself out for a 70-kilometre gravel ride, which was um, which appears to have like, broken one of my wrists, um, which was... I looked outside. It was glorious. I got on my bike. It started to, start to drizzle. It then stopped drizzling, and I had um, an hour in the sun, at which point it started to hail, and then stopped, and then I had another half an hour in the sun, at which point there was a, an hour-long thunderstorm. So by the time I got back home, I was absolutely piss-wet through. I'd been attacked by hailstones, and it was great. It was such a good experience. Um, I would have been much happier if it had been, like, um, glorious sunshine. Like, I'm certain it would have been in the southeast for the whole two and a half, three hours. As I, you know, I lived in Spain for several years and I love this weather. This makes me happy if it was like it should. But I went to the BMX track on Tuesday morning and full felt helmet and long sleeves and long trousers. And it was the most disgusting thing I have ever done. So no BMX in this weather. And also after doing two, I like I loved the TTT, but Luke signed us up for two of them. And doing two of them in this heat was just too, too many, to be honest. Um, Will not be doing that again either. How how warm was it in near Exeter? Uh, my Swift room says thirty two degrees when I started. Yeah, yeah. consistently that there here. I'm I'm uh, another time I'll ask you to list the top three disgusting things you've done, Becca. But I think that's another show entirely. <laughs> I, I I recall <laughs> doing um, two laps of TikTok in uh, thirty five degrees when we had stupid heat wave about a year or two ago. Um, it's been really hot this week, but I suspect we'll probably get a hotter week in August where it's just going to be completely intolerable to ride really fast indoors. And I, I think the definitive hot weather story came, I, I can't remember if, if it was Tracy Taylor or Jane Brailsford who uh, went to get some Haribo from their Zwift shed and it had fused into a solid block. Uh, so I think it was some Tang plastics or something. A bag of Haribo had melted and fused into a solid block of gelatin, which... Uh, just, just isn't a temperature you should be riding a bike in. Um, but that, that, that sounds like fantastic use of Haribo to turn it, turn all these like silly little sweets into one really big, tasty, sugary mess. <laughs> and, and what a fantastic note to end on. So I, oh. I could say on behalf of everyone, thanks again for Martin uh, for joining us tonight and for helping with the stampede and for just a really cool chat about all things WTRL. Uh, and thanks to everyone else and see you soon. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, guys.